Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny and Manny and you're listening to Oye, Let's Talk. So welcome back to the new year. It's 2021, but it still feels like 2020, y'all. I mean, seriously, like, did we time travel or did we get stuck in time? Because three major things have happened to this year already that give me mad 2020 vibes. And to kick us off, Manny, why don't you tell us what happened? (laughs) Well, guys, just six days, six days into the new year, into 2021, into the glorious year. Everyone was looking so forward to, to put bad things behind on January 6th. Congress actually convened, a joint session of Congress was convened to certify the presidential um, elections. And everything was going smoothly. Um, Pair of senators and representatives had um, objected to Arizona's votes. And both chambers went their separate ways to discuss this objection. During this objection, I was actually watching live. All of a sudden, you see a flurry of people getting the vice president in the Senate chamber scrambling. And it was very weird because the anchors on the station I was watching, they're like, we don't have audio to this. We're trying to figure out what's happening. And in the moment, we didn't really understand the the grandeur, the grand situation that was occurring outside of the of the Capitol building. And these rioters had been slowly inching their way towards the Capitol entrance through these thin security lines which were later criticized for by both sides of the aisle can i just mention the fact that i was taking a nap during this point in time so because i finished (laughs) fairly early i finished work around like 1 p.m or so and so like i was home i had just eaten lunch i was super tired drained from the day and i took a nap i wake up i wake up to a mass amount of tweets and breaking news alerts and my mom saying are you watching cnn are you watching nbc what is going on i'm so confused the world i think was in a state of shock i, th- I think the world was shocked because this had never happened before in the united states it def- it definitely took a couple of days to really understand what had happened and as the days went on, you know, security was being questioned and protocols were being questioned. People in position of power, the capital city chief um, of police was, you know, under under fire. The sergeant of arms of both chambers were under fire. Mm-hmm. So the FBI has currently arrested over 100 people already. And that number continues to climb every day. They make more arrests. I'm sure you guys have seen videos of people literally getting off their planes. And there are federal agents outside in like the terminal waiting to arrest people. Mm -hmm. So the FBI has come out to say that they there there are cameras all over the Capitol. And if you were inside, that they were going to go after these people. And they have actually received over 100,000 tips um, not, you know, electronic tips or like, you know, people have called and they, and funny enough, the FBI is saying that some of these tips are coming from very own family members or friends who saw these people on TV. That's crazy. So that was just the start of our year. We had riders, you know, break into our capital to protest things that they thought were right in their minds. And fast forward a couple of days later, 
literally one week after the Capitol siege, our now former president Donald Trump is impeached for the second time, exactly a week before his term was due to expire. And just a quick recap, Trump's impeachment by the House of Representatives came after his attempts to overturn the 2020 U.S. presidential election. The adopted article of, quote, incitement of insurrection was cited in um, his January 2nd phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State and alleged that Trump incited the riots on January 6th, um, basically after pushing the baseless voter fraud conspiracies around the 2020 election. And the trials are now set to begin on February 8th. Nays are 197. The resolution is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid upon the And unlike his last impeachment, 10 House Republicans actually voted to impeach him. Unlike the first time around, no Republicans had voted to impeach him. So it was quite a statement by the president's own party. So just to make sure everyone kind of understands, impeachment does not necessarily mean removal from office. Impeachment is a process. And even though Donald Trump is no longer president, the impeachment process will continue. And even though he is no longer sitting in office, what that means is that they can stop him from running for any office in the future. He can lose some of his presidential perks because once you're president, there is a whole law that gives you security detail, lots of money and et cetera. So all of that can play out in the next few weeks. But a week after our president got impeached, we got a new president. And that's what we're here to talk about today. The good, the bad, the great of President Biden's inauguration. And of course, the historic notion that we have our first female VP, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. I just want to say that as a woman, that just makes me so proud. I think as a minority as well, um, as it's just it's amazing and also kind of sad in the sense that, wow, it took us this long to have such a high position, political position in power. Um, but nonetheless, I am I'm excited for what the future holds in terms of what women can do um, in the House. <laughs> no pun intended. I think it's great too. like, no matter your politics, like, it's interesting how many barriers she broke with one election being the first female VP, the first black woman, the first South Asian, the first HBCU grad. And she's a sister of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Inc, which if you all didn't know, the three of us, Manny, Danny and I are multicultural Greeks. So we feel we have a special nod to Greeks who do great things in our government because it's not easy. We know the humble beginnings you often start from and the leadership skills you gain in your organizations. And we know Kamala's taken it to the top. So shout out to the AKAs. Y'all deserve it. I know the I know I know the AK sores are gonna be raving that they literally have a sister as vice president, which, you know, is pretty cool. I will I'm also I just want to chime in and say that it definitely the moment was really impactful. And I think it made it even more impactful because she was being sworn in by um, Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor, which is the first woman of I color and mm-hmm. first Latina to serve on the Supreme Court. So it was just a lot of moments of first, you know, it was like this first Hispanic woman 
swearing in this, you know, first black woman. And it 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 was it was pretty powerful. Definitely so I, breaking barriers. I actually have a fun fact for you all that it's a fun fact about me because, you know, I'm the center of the universe right now. But while I was at UF, I did a lot of organiza- organizational events for the Hispanic Student Association. So I actually wrote Sonia Sotomayor to ask her to come to an event what? or to like at least do a webinar or something. Oh, that's so cool. But it, I was rejected. It's the best rejection letter. She was. She actually said like, oh, if you, it was any other day, but she had a hearing. So she couldn't, she had a case to attend to. So she couldn't speak either at UF or send a video, (laughs) whatever. Point is, that's amazing though. Best rejection letter I've ever received. It was great. (laughs) UF has it. They didn't let me keep it, but I loved it. I was so happy for it. (laughs) There was a positive to rejection letters. Speaking about, you know, Latinos at the inauguration, I want to bring up the hot talket, the I want to bring pocket. up pocket. I want to bring it was a it was a cold day, Manny. It was, no, no, no. I want to bring in I want to bring in the hot take of the episode. I'm going to make a little sound effect that's going to go hot take of the hot oh take God. of the episode. So today's hot take, ladies and gentlemen, is Jennifer Lopez. And she was brought on to you know, I feel blessed that this Latino woman came here to represent all Latinos across, you know, the nation. I thought that was pretty powerful. I'm going to preface, though, by saying that I don't think Jennifer Lopez is a great vocalist. I think she's, you know, agreed. Kind of gone. She's okay. You know, like I was listening, you know, when I was listening to Lady Gaga, I was getting goosebumps. I was thinking to Jennifer Lopez and I was like, eh, you can't compare Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you definitely cannot compare. But I do think that you're right in the sense that I, I did personally feel some sort of pride because right. of the representation right. and right. and just the fact that she sang part of that song in Spanish. I was like, ooh. She sang This Land is Your Land and then America the Beautiful. And in between, she said, and I didn't realize that she was reciting part of the Pledge of Allegiance in Spanish. Una nación bajo Dios indivisible con libertad. Now for the hot take. Now for the hot take. Because it was a hot debate with the people in my apartment. And she said... After her Spanish quote. Mm. And some people felt she interjected too much of her music or herself in it. And it was just like, why would J-Lo do that? People on Twitter were mad. Okay. Question. What did you guys think about it? Did you Were you bothered by it? Let me, let me pull up to the mic. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> so first of all, let me preface this. I'm not a huge J-Lo fan. I think J-Lo's been around a really long time. I respect Jenny from the block, but I really do think that we could have like the new generation J-Lo. I can't put my finger on who that could be, but like, why has she been- There isn't one. I'm sorry to catch you. There isn't one. What about like Ariana Grande, for example? But or she's not really like, his like, like, No, like they don't, they don't live up mm-hmm. to the- I- I think JLo's so present because she's so iconic. And like when people need to find I guess uh, Hispanic artists. But that's the thing, Shakira isn't popular in English music. But anyway, 
I, I digress. No, 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 no. My, my you point, have, I want, no, I agree with you, Gabby. I agree no, with you. No, but my point, because I had three points to make. I'm not going to belabor this hot take. So <laughs> she is the icon. They always lean to her and go to her when they need Hispanic representation and an entertainer because she speaks perfect English. A lot of her music is in English. So it's very easy for her to relate to Latinx Americans and Americans recognize who she is. So that's why she's called upon for like the Super Bowl and the inauguration, largely American events. Second, let's get loud. Yes, I agree. She interjected that super unnecessary. But (laughs) if you saw her at the Super Bowl when she sang that song and the whole point was saying that Latinos need to get loud. And if you've heard her messages or interviews afterward, it's saying that now we have our voice. We are being more represented. We are at the table more often. We need to be louder. It's not just about being present. It's about making our presence known. So that was a nod to a lot of her messaging. And because she was also at the Super Bowl and did like had the Puerto Rican flag with the American flag in her part of her outfit where she also wore white. And also for the inauguration, she wore white. So I'm just pointing those things out. Symbolism. It's a thing. (laughs) Look it up. J-Lo. Cool that she was there. I understand why she was there. Do I think a Shakira... Like, if we had to do a repeat, I would have preferred Shakira low-key. I think they could have found someone else. Same. But in the evening, they had, like, Osuna, Luis Fonzi, like, surrogates. Well, Fonzi. I said they were surrogates here in Florida for Biden and in Puerto Rico. So I felt like they probably sure. could have picked them, but the American public just wouldn't. When Bad Bunny was on stage for the Super Bowl, people were like, who was that? So I understand why they picked J-Lo. I get it. I understand. I'm going to let Danny go before I go back to you, Gabby. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say, to be honest. I agree with everything that Gabby said pretty much. Like, I was surprised that they chose her, but not at the same time. Like, I could see why, because I think she represents, like, the the Latina that was raised and born in the United States, like so many of us. But at the same time, I don't know if she embodies the Hispanic representation as a whole, if that makes sense. Um, and the whole loud aspect, like... I didn't see a big deal about it because every Hispanic I know is hella loud. So she didn't say anything new. Um, And I am all for representation and having our voices heard. So Gabby, I, I, here's my argument. And Danny, I think she is really the only, think of another Latina who is a top artist no, in her rank. No, it you're doesn't a thousand exist. percent like American She's, though. American. Well, you who who would you invite? I, I don't think Shakira's in and in, in that Shakira's good, but yeah. like you said, it's not the same outreach that J Lo has. J Lo is unfortunately, we hate to admit it, she is that one Latina who has made it. You know, she's not the best singer, but she represents us, you know. And I think she also I- publicly supported Biden. So I just wanted to point out mm-hmm. that anyone who played as a surrogate did any ads for him, including Lady Gaga, because she pushed for a mm-hmm. lot of LGBTQ plus um, legislation and did ads with him. All of those were many of them rather were represented at the inauguration and they all had small political ties. Yes. I, I think that it's not her time yet, but I think that if this would have happened in a few years, I think Rosalia could have definitely been the representation. I think in the near future, I, I think she's getting more well-known. Like I think she's on the come-up, but I think with the the biggest issue is that 
America as a country, there's still a divide between Latinx culture and that division has been like more deeply embedded because mm-hmm. of recent events. So I feel like we could have had someone new by this point if it weren't for some divisive uh, messaging mm-hmm. and narratives going around in the community that separated us from Americans, you can say. Um, but now with the messaging that the Biden administration is bringing with unity and such, I do foresee more cross culture, like uh, what is it, crossover music happening and it being more public. Because right now there's a lot of Hispanic artists hopping on English songs. I was very surprised to see that on my Spotify. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm I'm here for this. So maybe in the future, I don't I don't personally think Rosalia too, but. I could see how J-Lo may have to retire for good relatively soon. And I, on- I just don't know who's – I don't see anyone right now, to be honest with you, on the horizon who's matching her level. And I feel like it's – I don't know. I just don't see it, to be you honest know with you. I think I she, would- she's, she's the best. Who, who else do you, would you have guys invited if it wasn't J-Lo? The inauguration? <laughs> I don't – like I, I to feel- sing. Oh, to sing. But like Instead Spanish- of J-Lo. Like a Hispanic artist, is that who you're talking about? Yes. Oh, no, 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 I completely agree with you. But I, what I was going to say is that a person who I believe is incredibly talented and super underappreciated, Miss Michelle Obama, like great speaker, awesome person, great to see her at the inauguration. And I just want to say out of all the outfits, because it was a cold day, <laughs> the fashion that she day. She looked amazing. And I just think it's ironic that people judged the way she used to dress like during her time in office. I don't know if you guys remember that, but people would specifically point out the way she dressed. Oh, yeah. And so coming back fierce. Love it. I just, I, I'm the first person like as a feminist to be like, it's not always what they wear, but I was super impressed. Like even Joe Biden, like the teal and sparkles, it was a Ralph Lauren fit. I was here for it. And this is why I was surprised. Cause I was just actually bragging to my fiance that I'm like, Everyone, all women wear white to these things. Like every big political event, like Hillary Clinton wore white when she was a Democratic nominee. Like Sarah Palin wore white. Like everyone wears white. It is a female politician Mm -hmm. thing. First lady always wearing white. Kamala Harris wore ivory when she spoke in Delaware, which I was like, all right, nice nod, still white, but whatever. So I'm like, who's going to wear white? Only J-Lo. I was impressed. Everyone came out with the bold colors. And I was like, wow, this is very uh, diverse, (laughs) winky face. (laughs) <laughs> fashion sense we got here i appreciate it definitely on that note i want to mention really quickly that biden's cabinet is now the most diverse in u.s history and wow that's amazing talking about diversity i will i want to mention the poet that spoke at the inauguration i i don't i i, I thought it was awesome oh my um, gosh it was I, incredible i will say that I thought poets were a norm at inaugurations, but it turns out that only three other presidents have had poets at their inaugurations, Obama, yeah. Clinton, and Kennedy. Yeah. So I really thought her messaging was awesome. I'm so glad they, they brought her to, you know, do this, this woman of color to, you know, one of my favorite lines from her from her poem was we the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one like that was deep wow 
She's only 22 years old. I just want to point that out. Um, she's fairly young. I read somewhere that she said that she, when she was invited to come um, recite this poem, she didn't know how to, like, where to even begin. And I think it was like the day after the the Capitol riots, um, she was up all night and she, that's all she could think about. And that's when she started writing. Pretty cool story. And so, fun fact, she also... Oh, sorry, Gabby, go ahead. Go on. You can finish you your fun fact. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going <laughs> to... I, I was going to mention that she also um, used to have or still has. Um, she had a speech impediment, just like Biden. So Biden had a stutter and she had a difficulty pronouncing certain words. And that's what was one of the reasons why she was drawn to poetry at such a young age. So definitely a lot of obstacles that she overcame to get to where she is. So kudos to her and her legacy. Her name, let's put some respect on it, is Amanda Gorman. That's right. I'm sorry. And yes, she is 22 years old, but she's the first youth poet laureate. I kept hearing about it in the coverage and I'm like, no, we have poet laureates every year. Like so that, why do they keep saying the first? Like, what is she the first of? And it's mm. youth poet laureate, which I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, at 22, that's like not much younger than I am. And mm -hmm. it, it amazes me because I feel like if you tell someone that you're an English major, like people joke like, well, you're going to be broke. And look at this, like her mom was an English teacher, which is how she fell in love with poetry. And Gorman like wasn't particularly great at performing poetry. She was not great at spoken word, but she turned her writing into an art form and was able to share it with everyone. And I think she was a great orator. I was very impressed for someone mm -hmm. to actually have difficulty with speaking and who did have like a speech impediment in the beginning. But again, I looked her up because I was very intrigued to know about her history. And she drew a lot of inspiration from Maya Angelou, who was mute for a small portion of her life. And it just goes to show that, I don't know, every which way, like you looked at this inauguration, it just showed that with a little hard work and with the feeling of empowerment, you can make mountains. Like you could be the hill that people are trying to reach, the peak that they want to go up to. And I was just very impressed with Amanda seeing like one of the youngest people probably at the inauguration being able to make history like that. The first youth poet laureate and probably the first one to ever speak at an inauguration. And as Manny said, it's not common to have poetry to begin with. And I think her poem in particular, if you didn't have a chance to hear, it really wraps everything up. So speaking of wrapping things up, as we mentioned in more ways than one, like we, everyone was anticipating this, I guess you can say administration, because we just didn't know how things were going to shake out for a while. But honestly, <laughs> as Kamala Harris, her first tweet as VP was, she was ready to serve. That's exactly what she wrote. And Biden mentioned as well that he was ready to get to work. So what did that mean? We already knew for his first 100 days what exactly he was looking to do. They haven't revealed all of the details. And if you get to watch a White House briefing, it's very refreshing to watch him now because like <laughs> now reporters laugh and they joke and they banter. So it's not as boring as they used to be or as hostile. But anyway, I just want to point out that Manny, Gabby and I are all journalists. So we always tend to look at politics and news oriented um phenomena with the eyes of a journalist so there's that yes and when you're a producer like me you have to cut a lot of sound bites and when they don't take do q and a's it gets really hard so one of the major questions we have is what is biden going to do with his first 100 days we don't really know but he spent his first day in the oval 
office undoing a lot of what is what the previous president did. So which was expected. Yeah, I mean, most people were going to do that anyway, or not most people, but most people, most presidents do use that power in office to push a certain agenda. But he sat down and just to name a few of his executive orders, he lifted the Muslim travel ban, which, if you remember, has been around for a few years already, rejoined the World Health Organization. So if you didn't know during the pandemic, we were not part of the WHO, which as a major country, kind of shocking and made it difficult to do some vaccine planning. And then rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement. So if you believe in climate change and think that the nation needs to do more about it, this was the first step in that direction, according to Biden. And he signed an executive order stopping construction at the border wall. So the United States will no longer be funding that project. So I guess other things to look forward to is Biden kept saying it, 100 million vaccines in his first 100 days, technically doable. What he's done in order to make sure that happens is that he invoked this Defense Production Act to ramp up vaccine production and then signed a dozen other orders to increase the number of vaccines available and the people who can administer them. So basically removing some red tape that might make it hard to deliver it to people and giving more people authority to administer them. I'm not sure where pharmacists land on that, but that was one of his goals is that You can get the same way a pharmacist can give you a flu shot. They should be able to give you the vaccine. So all of that is great, but there's a little problem. He can't can't just sign executive orders for everything. Even though Democrats control both um, branches of government, the legislative and the executive, Biden will still have um, to do work in order to get any um, legislation passed, even though he does have a simple majority in both. Chambers, he still he will still have to court um, the spectrum of all Democrats within his party, and he will probably, as a you know a senator for decades, and you know not being a stranger to Senate chambers, he will be including bipartisan legislation in his administration, and hopefully, we can see you know. We can go back to some bipartisan politics. You know, we've been seeing a lot of polarization these past few decades. And hopefully Biden can change that. I think that's hopeful, but I can only wish. Yeah, I mean, it's going to really depend what some of the topics are. And things that I'm personally watching out for is he's already introduced an immigration reform package. So it provides Mm -hmm. a path for citizenship for immigrants who were brought to the U.S. illegally and undocumented. Undocumented. Well, no, brought to the U.S. illegally. So for for all undocumented immigrants, it's not just for DACA students per se as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I do want to clarify, like, you can, not everyone who is undocumented is DACA because that is a myth. Anyway... Um, he signed an executive order to protect to protect DACA, which is deferred action for childhood arrivals. But he's also looking for other ways to provide a path for residency and sh- citizenship for anyone who may not have um, any paperwork to be here or any way to get out of that situation. But included in that package is increased border security. He wants to do it with technology as opposed to a physical wall. Mm-hmm. So he wants to invest in more in that. So who knows what's going to happen with ICE or deportation. So I know a lot of people are keeping a critical eye on that. 
And there's, you know, hopes that um, he can pass this COVID package, which is like, what, almost $2 billion. And it's going to be hopefully $1,400 per person. Trillion. It was two tr- almost $2 trillion. $2 trillion. Wow. Yeah, thanks for correcting me. Because wow. that's a lot of money. But when asked why is it that much, it's just because they looked at, they spoke with economists. There could It could thin out. It could possibly be more in the future, depending on what people need and what they hope to help with in terms of the economy. Small businesses are in there, too. It's not just the average American. But those are some pretty expensive packages already making their way that are kind of ruffling some feathers. Gabby, you mentioned ICE, um, and I wanted to mention really quickly that I know that part of his immigration plans um, is to increase government supervision over U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is ICE. Um, he also plans to raise the refugee cap that Trump set at 15,000 people to 125,000 people. So I'm sure that's going to cause some controversy as well. Looking forward, you know, 2021, we have a lot of optimism going into this year. Hopefully we end the year with all of us getting vaccinated, you know, hopefully or even being able to get back to work, you know, and having a little sense of normalcy as the year goes on. You know, the Biden administration has a lot of issues to tackle, not only the ones from the pandemic now with the crumbling economy, loss of jobs, high unemployment. Well, Um, then, like, this is all just (laughs) negative stuff you're spewing out. (laughs) And I mean, it's the reality. It's I think it's the reality we live in. But, you know, there is a a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, It's only January. It's only January. A lot has happened, but it is only January. A lot can still happen. And I think um, we remain hopeful. For the months to come and whatever 21, 2021 may have in store for us, whether that be... Oh, yeah, it's been a year already. Like, no, 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 don't jinx us by saying stuff. Don't jinx us. <laughs> Remember those UFOs we talked about on our last... Oh, my gosh. No, we're going to know if they're UFOs this year. We're having um, more UFO sightings this year. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bueno, clearly we spoke a lot of politics today. We just wanted to catch you up to speed. But if you're tired of the politics, you're tired of the know-how, don't worry. Whatever makes headlines is probably what you need to know. You can always say, oh, yeah, have you seen this Bernie meme? Just to laugh it off. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get loud. (laughs) Bye. Stop. (laughs) Me fui.